Hey everyone, and welcome to the House Conspiracy Podcast, a show about the house and on the house. I'm Jonathan O'Brien, and I'm the founding creative director at House Conspiracy. Today I'm talking to Rhiannon Dionysius, a sculptural artist and community-minded person, and we talk today sort of about her experience both in running events, but also her experiences with the body, and uh, how her art reflects how she feels about her body, her own personal experience, and we also talk about the context around artwork, and how a same artwork can change in different contexts. And also, and perhaps regrettably, I decided to chime in for a bit and talk for way too long about Shia LaBeouf. Anyway, housekeeping. Uh, subscribe to us wherever you get your, your podcast, which is probably iTunes. And if you are on iTunes, uh, give us a rating and a review. That'd be wild. Um, check us out Facebook, Instagram at House Conspiracy, and visit our website to see how we can support you at houseconspiracy.org. Um, if you want to support us in other ways, you can head to that same site slash donate or slash volunteer, or you can email us at house at houseconspiracy.org. Um, residency applications are also open at the moment for our next, uh, next four rounds of residencies after Anywhere Festival. Um, so get on and apply there, I believe, before April the 10th. Now, onto the show. Rhiannon's room is the loveliest dang room on the planet. She's laid out these earthy cloths across the floor and table, and there are plants that sit roots and all submerged in vases on the windowsill. Above, the hanging track from her work displayed at the launch party still crisscrosses against the ceiling. Rhiannon is using this room to undertake her current participatory work, bodybuilding, where she has one-on-one -on -one conversations with participants from the public, and they sit for an hour and they make sculptures together. It's a personal process for Rhiannon, and it's one she's experimenting with as she goes along. I've kind of been less hands-on during this residency process because of all the legalities and logistics we've been dealing with in regards to keeping House Conspiracy alive as a venue, so I haven't really had time to engage in a meaningful way with Rhiannon's work as a participant just yet, but one thing I do know, and I know for certain, is that when I walk inside the room, the space that she's created there, I feel this overwhelming sense of peace. Um, Rhiannon knows how to sculpt, as it were, an audience experience, and that's impressive. Anyway, here's Rhiannon Dionysius. How's your morning? Um, it was good. I didn't go to work. Oh, did you cut work? I needed a day off. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've been going pretty hard recently. Going hard yeah. with what? Just going hard with life or? Just working a lot and doing this every day and I haven't had a day off. Like I was coming in on the weekend as well so I was a bit like, oh, I just need to lie in for a bit. How have you found being in the space? Like, It's good. It's yeah. nice. It's nice. It's like I get really antsy when I'm not in the space because I feel like I need to be here to be working kind of thing at the moment but yeah it's really good to have somewhere to go sorry to sort of deadline you like that like I've only got, is it is it because of that is it because like oh, i've only got three weeks i need to make the most of it or is it um is it a more internal drive i guess a combination of both <laughs> but it's just having a space available and being like oh i could be there now but yeah i don't know effort to go and internal dramas of like trying to balance when to not go and when to go and when I can work at home on ideas and stuff like that. When you're working do you find that 
you can just make your art for hours. Do you need a lot of breathing room? Like, how long do you usually spend sort of creating? On my own, own sculptures and stuff. Yeah, like when, you're, when you're making your stuff. Yeah, I get into a bit of a frenzy and will be there for hours. But I've been doing, like, I haven't been doing that here. I haven't been working on my own sculptures as much. So it's been a different kind of, like, I've never used a studio like this before. Like, just in, like, a, just for writing and just for, like, workshops, people kind of thing. Um, yeah. But I think I still go for, like, quite a long time. Just, yeah. What sort of stuff are you writing at the moment? I'm just trying to work out my thoughts about my project and justify it and writing lots of, like, journal entries about what I've been doing and stuff like that. And doing a lot of reading as well. And so you say you say justify it. Who are you yeah. justifying it to? <laughs> um, <laughs> possible <laughs> myself, and I guess just I'm trying to work out how best to talk about it um, to other people in a way that like makes sense to me, but also is readable to other people as an artwork kind of thing. So. Yeah. Let's practice that. <laughs> um, okay. What are you doing? What's, what's the project? Well, <laughs> see, I've only just, like, officially started it this week, mm -hmm. so just maybe... Just the Facebook event. Yeah. Yes. Maybe ask me again at the end of, <laughs> of everything. I feel like I'll have a better idea of what I'm doing once I've done it a bit more. Mm. But um, I'm holding... I'm doing a kind of experimental collaborative project where I'm bringing, inviting people to come into my studio and to um, do a one hour session with me using clay where we either make like a sculpture or we make something they need or um, I don't know I have a few different activities but it's about collaboration making it together and yeah I can, we're going to see if it works and if what comes of it and what I like what um, what works and what doesn't work yeah. what works and what doesn't work in terms of how does conversation effectively create a sculptural outcome or what what works or doesn't work in, in sort of um, what ways like what are, you, what are you testing what are you engaging with uh, like what concepts or what process in terms of when you bring someone into that studio yeah what are you doing? Well, <laughs> it's, um, uh, it's a bit of a mystery at the moment. It's <laughs> like, <laughs> I think like there's a certain element of like I don't know and they don't know and I have a few activities and a few like ways of structuring it but I'm kind of basing it person by person how much I like put my own direction into it and how much I let them do what they want to do. Well, how much I let them direct it. Yeah. So, with um, give us an example. Who have you who have you done sessions with so far? You did one with Leah yet, have you? Um, with Aaliyah. Aaliyah, yeah. gotcha. Yeah, um, they've all been kind of test runs about like how just testing different levels of structuring it and of not structuring it. And seeing what the outcomes are and what like 
um, yeah, what form is made and stuff like that, depending on how much instruction I give kind of thing is what I've been working with. But I think I've got a bit more of an idea at the moment, which is why I'm ready to like start officially with more people. Mm. Yeah. So it's sort of it's sort of about working out like how much of an informal conversation are you having, how much yeah. are you teaching directly? Yeah, how much am I teaching? How much am I directing the conversation? Um, how much am I like facilitating the outcome of like whether it's an artwork or whether the product doesn't matter? Like that's kind of what I'm trying to work out at the moment is whether the aesthetic like the object that's made um matters at all or whether I should like how much I should direct that to make um what kind of outcome I, like whether I have control over what the outcome is at all or whether I should completely leave that up to the people who are coming in right whether whether you're um instructing them to make something specific yeah or just allowing them to create themselves yeah yeah that's what I'm working with at the moment hmm. is there <laughs> is there a way you'd prefer to go like how much of a control freak are you <laughs> um definitely not in possibly in my life but not in my practice okay like, yeah yeah it's all just chaos just so <laughs> I am happy for it to it's more I guess for other people and for um, documentation and presentation afterwards mm -hmm. what I'm wondering about like whether it would be more meaningful if um, the sessions had a more directed outcome like if they were all, all in a similar vein kind of thing but at the moment I think I'm just yeah letting each one, yeah and more just letting them be whatever each person wants it to be I think Hmm. Um, and your work, um, like this, is, this isn't the project you applied with to House, which is like such a common theme, but also the project you applied <laughs> with is super vague yeah. and could have essentially been this. Um, yeah. You work a lot with the body and um, you yeah. had that showing during the launch party yeah. um, in, that, in that room and where surprisingly nothing broke. Yeah, I was impressed with my sculptures, like, I don't know, stood up for themselves. They, yeah. <laughs> they didn't fall down. It was great. Resilient. Yeah. Um, when did you, when did your interest in the body as a sort of quote-unquote form sort of begin? Um, in my practice, I think in my... In your life. Start my with life. your life. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's always been a... I, I think it's, well, I can think of when it started in my practice. I might start with that. It was like in second year of university. And I think before that I tried to, I was trying to find what I wanted to like talk about and what I wanted to, what I was passionate about and that kind of thing. And did a whole bunch of different random projects about different things I found interesting or I wanted to like say something about. But um, I think it came back to like, just only knowing my own experience and wanting like that's the only kind of language I knew how to express in and yeah 
so that's what I ended up doing and it just kind of stuck but I don't know how do you like how do you pinpoint when you start thinking about the body in your personal life like (laughs) isn't that always I guess I mean uh, yeah but I guess um when did it become like such a such a key like to your practice and that sort of um yeah I guess yeah it was as I was out of high school becoming an adult and like more I guess exploring my own experiences of how I understood the world and stuff like that like um just coming to terms with my own appearance and sexuality and how I related to other people um and also like my own physicality and limitations and things that like affected me day to day that I just wanted to make work about and like had to make work about to process kind of thing um yeah. Do you find, do you find, because you mentioned there both the body and experience of the world, how do you find that sort of those two things are, are intertwined? Like how does your body affect experience of the world and vice versa? Um, well, I think that that's something that initially I tried to talk about in my practice. You know, I was like looking at the intersections of different um, identities and yeah like how my identity as a woman and um, my sexuality and my appearance appearance that was slightly outside of the norm I was kind of like taking that angle of being like how does um, how do bodies fit into society when you're like slightly outside of what you're meant to do um, but I think that that's something that's ev- that everyone kind of Mm. thinks about now and it's like I think it's quite a broad um topic to be talking about so I've kind of moved on from like that kind of focus as much like it's not as political or as about social issues as I used to think about so it's just kind of more about experience um yeah more about more about vulnerability and um, like the kind of like physicality and shortcomings of bodies, I guess. Yeah. Do you do you wish you didn't have a body? Do you wish you could transcend <laughs> brains in jars, or or you have you learned no. to love it, or is your process part of learning to love it? Ah, uh, no. I yeah, I love. Like, I couldn't imagine being a floating brain. I don't know how you, like... I've never thought about that before. <laughs> Whoops, I don't sorry. Know if that's I, I you... ask every podcast guest this question. <laughs> Is that something you think about regularly? Don't being I? a brain in a jar? No. That's, like, that's uh, like that Simpsons episode where they have the... Oh, no, Futurama. Some, it's Futurama. Yeah. That's your goal. No, it's not my goal. <laughs> I was asking for your goal. Okay. Um, no, definitely not. Mine's very, like... It's more, it's, it's more coming to terms with, like, present moment bodily experience and, I guess, appreciating good things and being okay with bad things and not wanting to change bad things or, like, look 
towards the future too much or like yeah I'm, I'm, I'm not looking at like transcending what bodies are now or anything like that I yeah there is like it's very much just based in my own experience and I'm not trying to like I just don't think I have the authority to talk about anything else like all I've got is my experience and I don't want to speak for other people kind of thing or like make I'm not trying to make a grand statement about how bodies should be or shouldn't be or anything like that it's just I guess bringing to light more of a um a different kind of body and coming to terms with like uh, when I say body, I'm not just talking about appearance, like, mm. oh, like, self-love, loving myself, that kind of thing. I'm talking about, like, illness and health and, um, like, more mortality and that kind of thing, as well as appearance and... Literally physicality. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I guess just more, like, I'm looking at representing or coming to terms with having a body or a bodily experience of physicality which is sort of outside the norm of what's desirable or what's idealised or what's normal I hate to say normal because it's not a normal but like yeah what's, there's a, what's there's desired a, or, yeah. Yeah. yeah there's a sort of vague sort of bell curve and yeah. within there there's a normal I guess in that it's most yeah. But even then, everyone has their weird well, what's body stuff. represented, I guess, yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, like you said, like, commenting on your own experience is mm. sort of key, especially with something like the body where... Yeah. Only you really know <laughs> um, all the trials and tribulations of your own body. Um, have you found, though, you were talking a little bit about self-love there. Have you found that the more you sort of engage with the body through your work, do you find yourself... Do you find more peace, or do you do you just find more complexity <laughs> and more yeah more angst um, the more you think about it? I don't know. Is it cathartic or is it it's, awful? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit of both. It's very intense, um, but I think it's like like I guess I'm talking about using clay and the physicality of that medium. Um, and the process of making work in that medium is like, it's a whole body experience where I can't be thinking about anything else. Um, and it's all my senses and it's hard work. It's like, it's like exercise sometimes. Like, um, I don't know, it's like kind of like putting in so much effort to make a form is like a, I guess it's like a release of something. It's like, well, but it's also like a, like paying tribute to something or like, I don't know. It's like, yeah, it definitely, I don't, I don't get more angst. It's definitely a release, I think. But the process is sometimes a bit angsty <laughs> to get to there. Like the, the making is very intense sometimes. Do you, so you find that the medium you're working with and the process there, it affects how you're feeling during the process. Do you think it also is it? Does it also affect your outcomes? Um. Yeah, I mean, 
depending how much I, what kind of aesthetic I'm going for with the work, like how much you can see the, how, the eggs that went into it or how smooth it is or how um, resolved it is, that kind of thing. Like, is that yeah. what you're talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah, I think that like ceramics has a lot of different forms, but the majority of my work you can see the they're not very like refined or um, yeah, they're very like visceral mm. kind of looking and like yeah. Yeah. Raw even though they've yeah. been fired. Yeah. 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 Um, so you're not just an artist. <laughs> you're also a human, but you're also you do just you 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 work as sort of a curator from time to time. You help run events and whatnot, like Paint It Red and Roving Conspiracy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. What drives you to do that? How How have you found and how have you found those experiences? Um. Well, I really, I, I guess I, I grew up in West End. I love the community here and I just um I'm passionate about a lot of different causes I don't know it sounds ridiculous to say but um yeah I, I just like to volunteer my time to bring like art to other communities that aren't just people who've gone to art school mm. yeah um I think that's it really <laughs> like just um yeah encouraging kind of creative creativity or like collaboration with different groups of people and different mediums and stuff like that is something I really enjoy like yeah mm. it's another really satisfying thing like it's just as fulfilling as making an artwork I find sometimes not all the time but sometimes yeah cool yeah um and from there, sort of, in terms of how you engage um, other people outside of art school, mm. how did you find art school? And did you find that it changed you? Did you find that it made it easier to explain your work to other people who aren't from art school, or did it make it harder because you got trapped within a language? Um, I think that, like, unfortunately, you, if you're wanting to exist inside the art world you need to learn how to speak a very like difficult language <laughs> which it shouldn't be it should be readable to everyone otherwise I don't know there's no point to it like you're not anyway um yeah I, I think it I think it helped me like just personally grow up a bit and be able to have a clearer view of what I wanted to talk about and I think now I'm trying to bring it back to a level which is more accessible to everyone I think mm. like reel it back in from like um give, yeah. me, give me your most art world no <laughs> <laughs> but see I'm not particularly fluent in art speak either like I haven't done honours yet so I feel like I haven't like devoted a lot of time to focusing on that but See what I what the art wank I do is probably not up to standard of the art wank that you should be able to do. <laughs> like, See, you're, you're really letting us down with your subpar. Mm, yeah, I think so. It's like not quite wanky enough for the art world, and not quite readable enough for anyone else. And but you'd prefer to shift towards 
towards the accessibility for people, right? Yeah? Yeah. Is so. it, how do you find the pressure to sort of engage wholly with the art wank? Like, well, I, I know. I think you can do it in a way which is just saying what you mean and use language to an extent that, you know, I don't know, I'm sure there's a way of doing both in one. I just haven't found it yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's super hard. Yeah, um. but I'm sure there's, yeah. There's a few writers, I think, who do it and um, exhibition essays and stuff which are really accessible and good to read. Like, yeah, mm. I, think, I think it can be done. Oh, I, I, yeah, I definitely don't think it can't be done. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough because on the one hand, right, you want to you be pushing the medium forward yeah. or engaging with the medium in like the most meaningful way possible, maybe not pushing it forward. But, um, but then equally, you want to be engaging with people. Mm. Do you... Yeah, yeah doing both. Is that, is that what you're trying to do? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Closed questions. Bad, yes. bad interviewing technique. Yes. Um, I think like the uh, we spoke about the opening night here um, just a bit before, and that was really interesting to me because I've shown that artwork before at a gallery space, and when I had it there, no one walked through it. Everyone just walked around it and looked at it like it was a painting. Um, and here, I I wrote a little statement and I said oh, you can touch it, just please be gentle. Um, and eventually people did, like, they walked around and interacted, and there was a lot of people who weren't, I don't know, who, well, I was kind of, like, fly on the wall listening to some people, and, and, yeah, it was just really nice that people interacted with it in a way that possibly people who go to a gallery wouldn't, kind of thing. Like There were a lot of non-art types. Yeah. There, and at yeah. Open House 1 as yeah. well. yeah. Um, which is nice, and also why I haven't bothered with exhibition essays. Right, yeah, fair enough. Um, yeah, it's really interesting. Like, it reaches a lot more people. Mm-hmm. And Your room was full, too. Yeah. <laughs> people really liked that work. Yeah, it was weird. It turned into, like, a strange, like, goma spectacle art type yeah. thing. And I was just like, is it really? <laughs> I don't... Yeah, it was a strange experience, for sure. It was, like wonderful but also really confronting <laughs> confronting in what way like having that raw number of people through or um having people touching it and freaking out about it breaking like oh uh, yeah I mean if it was it was very it was so busy like if I'd been any more worried about it I would have been really stressed but <laughs> I was I was fine I wasn't like too precious about it but I think what happened was like People were interacting with it, which was great, but like people always do when no one's really telling them not to do anything, people started to get more and more rough and more and more disrespectful of the work, which is like something you have no control over when with that kind of work, and it's really interesting, but it, yeah, it was just really interesting what some people thought was appropriate to do, and like how much they could interact. I, yeah, it what was sort just. What stuff did you say? Um, Obviously, we're not going to call anyone out. Um, <laughs> no, I don't know the names of anyone. Nah. Um, nah. <laughs> this one person <laughs> absolutely screwed them. No, um, I think just people got more and more rough with them. Mm, like bumping it around? Or? Yeah, tugging on them. Like I saw someone resting their drink on one. I don't know, just kind of things that 
like, uh, it's so hard to talk about without sounding like a bit of a wanker, but no, you're fine. if you go to a lot of gallery spaces, you wouldn't, like, you'd be very Right, they didn't know the etiquette, the language. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or I guess it's just that that is something that's personal to me that is really interesting. It's like, you know, it's like they are pretty much a room of body parts and you're touching them and, like, mol- like. Oh, I was going to say molesting. That's a not... funny one. Go with that. Yeah. So people were molesting your body parts. Kind of, they were. conspiracy launch And I was, I was okay with it for the most part, but it also, some of them crossed the line of, like, yeah, just respect, I think, mm. which, like, so I left with some, like, kind of negative feelings, but mostly positive, because I mostly really enjoyed it. But I think maybe, I guess that's why I go where they have people telling you, like, don't touch that or like that yeah, kind of thing like which, which sucks but yeah, yeah um, I don't know there comes a point it was more just like I was just worried that the hanging track I made would fall down it was a questionable <laughs> hanging track <laughs> <laughs> that it was but it stayed up all of its survived yeah yeah mm. pretty incredible no it, it survived and I think like that experience made me think a lot more about engaging with other people and <clears throat> Like, yeah, just having more interactive work, like I used to want to do. Yeah. And just having more sculpture and less, maybe less fragile work, I think. Yeah. So, so um, I actually want to go back to the, the etiquette sort of question. Do you think that the trade-off between making art that's going to engage with a lot of people, mm. do you think the trade-off there sort of, pseudo inevitably is that there's gonna be less respect across the board for the work because ideally you want to be engaging people who don't know yeah. the rules yeah and how do you feel about the trade-off um yeah i think if you're making a public artwork you're signing up for that like you know that it's your intellectual property but you're signing off what people do to it to like it's it's just part of what you expect and you're making something which is gonna hopefully withstand like any kind of interaction that people can have with it and yeah like you want to be making stuff that people can interact with and isn't gonna break and is engaging in that way I think I guess maybe I wasn't prepared for that like I wasn't um yeah, I guess it, it wasn't something that I was making for a public artwork with that in mind when I made it. So it was yeah. like changing what it was, changing what its result was kind of thing. Like, you know, when I've exhibited it before, it was very, yeah, just staged and people would look at it. But yeah. Mm. Yeah, none of us were expecting that. Many yeah. That. But um. it was great. It was like, I think I got so much more out of seeing how people interacted with it rather than people skirting around the edges of it and like yeah like I didn't know it had that capacity kind of thing mm. to be engaging like that which was really nice yeah it's strange too because it like it was presented in the room and I, I was almost thinking that no one would go in and yeah just well, the, yeah um it's interesting that it's not necessarily the space it was in but rather the context of the exhibition that affected it most? I don't know. Yeah. Is that is that fair to say? Like, does that reflect 
your thoughts on it or yeah I guess the location like whether it's in a gallery or a house or that kind of thing yeah um yeah it's hard to know like if I'd had signs saying don't touch it or like yeah yeah, if people would have respected that I don't know mystery there were a lot of people (laughs) (laughs) I don't think any of us had control over (laughs) what was gonna happen but Uh it was the best outcome we could have had yeah, like, even even with wrong. the mixed even with the mixed feelings in the end. Yeah, definitely. Like it all. You don't. You can. You don't have to lie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, even with the mixed feelings, like it, nothing terrible happened. Yeah, that's true. Nothing terrible happened, and like I got a lot of positive stuff out of it. A lot of positive feedback, and it was good great criticism work. as well. Yeah. Like a lot of good critique as well, which was really. What did people say? Um. Critiquing. Oh. I just, just about presentation and like, it was interesting because it was an old artwork of mine. I think a lot of people thought that it was a new work I was working on. Um, so I thought I was deviating from my clay kind uh, of work. Yeah. They were kind of like a bit unsure about that. And I was like, oh no, this is something I did a few years ago and I've moved past it now. I was just bringing it back because it's kind of the only thing I have acceptable to show in a space like that could be touched. Yeah. 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 Um, which was interesting because you you displayed it in the old diary that used to be above the, the old store the yeah. Whole, yeah 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 beautiful space rest yeah. in peace um, <laughs> talking about public artwork did you and like respect did you keep up with the Shia LaBeouf he will not divide us artwork <laughs> no I didn't but I probably I'm interested did you hear about it I think I've heard about the very beginning so he set up he set up a um a camera um outside of the Washington Art Gallery, I believe, or a New York Art Gallery. Okay. Uh with the words he will not divide us. And then that camera was streaming to the world. And so the idea was that people would come there and they would be united okay. um, against he, which is Donald Trump. Oh. And the idea was that this webcam would run for four years. Okay. It made about two weeks. <laughs> a lot of people came and really ruined it. A lot of sort of alt-right, um, pseudo-white supremacist, racist people. And largely people who just wanted to ruin it. Yeah. Um, and they do? Yeah. And so, you know, it got to the point where there were barricades and there were police. Right. Um, and so it was essentially just streaming a police barricade. Like, in terms of <laughs> Which the is a statement outcome, it was incredible. Because yeah. yeah. he didn't organize that. It just happened. So anyway, it got moved from there. It got moved to... Uh, some place in I think Illinois um, yeah. the webcam opened up again on like the next to a theatre but it was in a really low socioeconomic area yeah. um, that I believe voted pretty much pro-Trump whereas New York was okay. 83% Hillary that one lasted four days <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he set up a third and final webcam oh my God. where it was just filming a flag in a field um, Shia LaBeouf and the flag in the field just hung and it said, he will not divide us in the wind. Okay. And you, you would never be able to tell where it is. Right. So no one can interfere with it. Except. Okay. <laughs> the people on 4chan started watching the stream 24-7. Oh my God. And they worked out when airplanes went past. That's too much. And <laughs> they tracked the flight paths, worked out what flights they were, looked where they were intersecting, and then went out 
took down the flag and raised up a Make America Great Again hat. Oh my god. Where the flag had been. That's... And they just tweeted just at Shia LaBeouf. I believe they tweeted him, and this is like really the nail in the coffin. They tweeted, Dear Shia, never underestimate autism. <laughs> <laughs> what? So, what I'm saying with this story is that <laughs> your public artwork was fine. Yeah. <laughs> Comparatively, on a scale nothing to bad <laughs> happened to your artwork. On a scale to uh, your night at House Conspiracy versus Shia LaBeouf's. Shia LaBeouf's He Will Not Divide Us webcam stream. Where does it fall? <laughs> Which I think is just over now. Like, right. He's not going to try again. I, don't, I think he's done. Incredible that people care he's enough about us. He'll do something. I don't know if he's going to keep doing the He Will Not Divide Us thing. Because... I mean, he's still got art in him. The guy's brilliant, but um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. I just wanted to like sort of reassure you that it wasn't so bad. It, it wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah, but also I guess he was getting the reaction that he sort of wanted. Look, maybe I don't know. It's interesting, right? At least it was a reaction. Yeah, was this what he wanted? Yeah. Yeah. He will not divide us, but like this straight up shows that he is dividing us, mm. and like people are nah. crazy, genuinely yeah. crazy. The lengths mm. that they went to take it yeah. down. We need to get a third mic channel so we can get Tyler on mic. <laughs> I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that before before next next residency round. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I never really thought about that. I never really thought about. Um, yeah, I never t- thought about the intentionality behind the artwork. I only sort of thought about, well, just read about and watched oh, about this okay. story, um, yeah. which is hilarious. <laughs> like, it really is hilarious that they found the flag based on flight paths. Yeah, that's... Get a job. <laughs> a level of dedication I could only hope to ever reach. <laughs> Oh my God. <laughs> I've never, I've never cared about anything as much as those people have cared yeah. about the flag. <laughs> Definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> obviously affected them. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, I, I guess it's an effective work, even though it literally doesn't exist anymore. Isn't it? What, yeah. Um. So, in terms of what you're, what you're doing, sort of here onwards, you're working on your participatory work here. Yeah. Um, where you're having people in for an yes. hour, have a nice conversation. Yes. And then next year, and the rest of this year, but next year you're looking at doing honours, going back to art school, working out your art length. Yeah, possibly. I'm taking the rest of this year to work out if I want to do that. Like, when would be good to focus on myself that much? And when would be good to focus outwards a bit more? Um, what sort of outwards focus are you thinking about? Uh, I guess just working different projects maybe involving the community um travel like just taking time off from an institution and taking time off from analyzing myself (laughs) Mm. for a year like it's I know that it's a very intense year yeah and huge yeah massive I'm not sure when will be best to do that and if I want to do that Mm. what advantages do you see from doing it like what what draws you to honors initially 
Um, it seems like the step to take if you want to take your practice further, if you want to really develop it um, and learn how to write about it properly in an art way. You also know. helps you get grants. does help you get grants. <laughs> does help you do things I'd like to do. So we'll see, yeah. But we'll see if, you know, I'm like kind of at a crossroads of how much I how much time I devote to being an artist and how much time I devote to other interests of my life. Because you're working as a teacher assistant at the moment. Yeah, teacher aid. Teacher. Um, but more, I guess, I guess my other interests would be more community art projects and that kind of thing. Like, can both of those things exist at the same time or do I need to choose one of them? It's kind of something I'm working on. As in personal practice versus community-focused practice? Or? Yeah, yeah. Because would community-focused practice be particularly congruent with... Because you were talking earlier about um, how you can only speak for your own experience mm. and so on. So how does that sort of philosophy um, that you hold, how does that coexist with a desire to work with community? Um, I think it's more about, like, if it's my own artwork, then it's like... Uh, it's, I guess, hoping that someone else will relate to something in it or get something out of it. Um, but if it's in a volunteer position, it's about taking a back step from my experience and putting others' experience to the forefront and just giving them a platform to, I guess, speak for themselves with their art kind of thing and not putting my own aesthetics or my own interests into what they're doing facilitation like, versus creation yeah yeah mm. yeah and I'm currently trying to work out if I can do both in an artwork <laughs> in one work yeah which is what you're doing right here right now How's yes yes it is so mystery sessions mystery sessions don't call them it's <laughs> I, I don't think I don't they're think really not going to be uh, I'm not going to go into that joke because <laughs> it's not going to end anywhere good. No, but it is going to end the podcast. Okay. <laughs> um, hey, it's not a mystery. It's just tea and a conversation. <laughs> no, cut. cut. I, don't, um, I don't want any of that clarifying bullshit. Okay. Um, hey, no, but seriously, you uh, came to this really trepidatious. You have been really articulate and... Um. Okay. Yeah, thank yeah. you. There's not even that much white noise, white silence that uh, Tal is going to have to cut out. Just a bit of, yeah. bit of flapping on. That's alright. <laughs> it's mostly Jonathan. It is mostly Jonathan. Just cut the whole Shia LaBeouf. I did talk about Shia LaBeouf. Actually, just cut everything else and leave that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the Shia LaBeouf bonus episode yeah. of that podcast. <laughs> it was like long. <laughs> Thanks for thanks for having me right. in the space. Thanks for letting me hang out. I'm glad, I'm glad you're getting something out of it. I am. Yay! It's good. It's a good thing. Good thing. Not good things for good people. 
Thanks for listening to the House Conspiracy podcast recorded at House Conspiracy and produced by me, Jonathan O'Brien, and Tyler William Morrison. If you have feedback or you want to say hi, or if there's something you'd like to see us do, you can email us at house at houseconspiracy.org and you can email me directly about ideas for future podcasts at jonathan at houseconspiracy.org. You can also support us by becoming a member or by donating to us at houseconspiracy.org slash donate. See you next time.